gone for a little while. I can acknowledge that. I was probably gone for too long. But the truth is, well, I've just been having a good time. I've been hanging out with people. I've been smoking a ton of weed. I've been playing a lot of games. You know, I've just been I've been sleeping, which is new. And, you know, as much as I missed this, I needed to step away for a second. And that second came and now it passed. It passed the fuck out on the couch right after it came because I'm back and I'm ready to go full tilt into this motherfucking season of lots of pasta. And I know what you expect, because you didn't expect the last episode. I know you didn't. That was a wild one, out of left field, with Mr. Skelly Bones. And he showed me his bones, all of them. Specifically, the ones that are just cartilage and don't actually have bones, like a penis. Now, the truth is... I've had my time, I've relaxed, I've enjoyed myself, and now I'm ready to come back and do this shit. You know, the same old shit, but different shit than what we've been doing recently. I'm not sure if I mentioned, but I got a new bong, so I'm going to make up for not being around on 420 by telling everyone to take a mighty fucking rip on 321, do it right now. Hell yeah, dude. Some good stuff. And you just let that out. And you just let that sit with you for a couple, two, three minutes. Because I know what you expect. I know you expect me to sit here and talk about shit for like 15 minutes and regale all of you with fun stories and shit, but the truth is, I, I don't want to do that. I just want to read a fucking spooky spaghetti and get your giblets all wet. So, without further ado, we're going to jump into a suggestion from one of my most loyal fans, Danny Boy! Oh, Danny boy! And I'm going to read this story, ironically called Happy Boy. Chapter 1. Every morning was the same morning. Happy dressed in faded jeans, a white t-shirt, and a ball cap. 
as he grabbed his bag and rushed off to catch the bus. It was more than a ride to him, though. It was a hunting ground from behind his aviator's sunglasses. His brown eyes saw everything, and in his head, Tiny Clown and Rabbit argued with each other about who was going to be right on that day. He sat quietly in his seat and listened to the sound of a band called Tool in his earbuds as he watched the houses pass by as he looked for the perfect one of his night's exploits. I'd make some type of joke about listening to Tool, but frankly, I only know a couple of their songs and they're pretty good, so I'm not gonna make fun of them. Instead, I'm gonna say this fucker was listening to Linkin Park. This time, he chose a simple white home with a large bay window. He chose this one because inside he saw an elderly woman using a walker as she made her way to the breakfast table. This one would be easy pickings. Happy smiled as he thought about what he was going to do, the breaking and entering, good old B and E. And he imagined what treasures he might find inside. His two friends, Tiny Clown and Rabbit, were also excited for the night, and the innocent woman had no idea what was going to happen, and he liked the element of surprise that he would have. Happy would have to get off the bus at the next stop and walk back towards his target to do a little more surveillance. He had to know more about the comings and goings, comings and the family about that house. He left no stone unturned, and when he picked a target, he had to have the upper hand and the element of surprise. The day wore on, and no one visited the home. So Happy walked away with glee and excitement and rode the bus back to his home, where he would wait for nightfall and his chance to visit the home. Happy spent the next couple of hours in a euphoric state. He got this way before he committed his crimes and dreamed of a fantasy that was coming soon coming. <laughs> he exchanged his jeans for a pair of black cargo pants and his t-shirt with a black hoodie, and he listened to more Lincoln Park as he cut his wrists. Crawling in my skin, these words they will not hear. On his head was a black knit cap with Metallica and Justice for All emblem stitched in the front and stitched on the back it said fag. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. It wouldn't be long now. Seeing that it was mid-August, the sun didn't set until after eight, so Happy spent his time in his room watching porno. The images excited him and the adrenaline rush prepared him for what he was going to do. The graphic images, along with the crack cocaine, got him so high that he felt invincible. Pretty good show, shout out, Invincible. Happy waited until after nine before he left his trailer. He kept to the side of the road along the tree lines and shadows and moved sleekly like a puma stalking its prey. He enjoyed the hunt almost as much as he enjoyed the kill. Happy arrived at his victim's home and found the shades of the bay window drawn. There was a slight crack, though, where the two sides met, and Happy could see that the living room and dining rooms were pitch black. 
That was a good sign to him, less time that he would have to wait. Being thorough, Happy walked around the house twice checking the windows for lights from a TV or a lamp, but everything had been turned off. On his second round, he found a window in the kitchen that was open, with a screen in it. That would be his point of entry. There it is. That's our way in, said Tiny Clown in Happy's left ear. Happy removed the screen with ease and jumped up and threw it like a gymnast. Ho-ho! He landed in an empty sink as he dragged his heavy boots through the window and spun around and stood prone with the floor. Ho-ho! I'm gay. Happy moved about the house as if he owned it with a swagger. It felt familiar to him, although he could only see the one room from the outside. It was a simple layout, really. Generic, in fact. One that he had seen dozens of times, and the hallway was lit up by a nightlight. Happy Boy knew where the old lady was sleeping because he could hear her breathing with the CPAP machine. He cracked her door a bit and looked in. She's ready, happy boy, said Rabbit. The elderly woman was sound asleep, curled up in a sheet on her bed. The light from the hallway fell on her partially hidden face, but Happy could see that her eyes were covered by a sleep mask. This couldn't get any more perfect, he thought to himself, and was reassured by Rabbit, and he was right. As far as home invasions go, this one was just about textbook. Happy opened the door just enough for him to slide his slim body through. He led with his Timberland boot and continued until his whole frame was in. He was about three full steps away from the sleeping woman, but he was right beside her dresser. Happy took the opportunity to scan the table for anything of value and was pleased to find a pair of diamond earrings and a necklace. A pearl necklace. Ooh. Now, if only they were real. Happy put the jewels in the front pocket of his hoodie and shined the light of his pen light across the room in order to get a proper layout. Other than the jewels that he had just taken, the room looked bare. So Happy made his way to wake the woman. Time to see what this old lady is hiding, said Tiny Clown. Before waking her up, he pulled a black bandana from his back pocket and tied it around his neck and slid it up to cover his nose and mouth, making his face unnoticeable. He took his giant two steps and ripped the breathing machine off the woman's face, causing her to scream out of surprise. Happy did what all thieves do when startled, and he took the back of his hand and struck her in the jaw. Shut up, you bitch! Yeah, but she continued to scream. Happy balled up a fist and with all force slammed her in the temple repeatedly until she stopped making any noise. Happy took the time to look at her and got excited as she bled. It was a strange perversion of his. This act of violence had followed him through his life. Knocking her unconscious was counterproductive, though. He needed her alert and awake in order to tell him where she kept her money and valuables. So now he just had to wait. Happy hadn't come prepared for this. He had only packed a pen light and a pocket knife. He kind of figured that the old woman would be so scared at the sight of him that she wouldn't tell she would tell him whatever he wanted. He didn't count on her struggling, so he looked around the room to see what he could find that he could use. Happy took the bedside table lamp and cut the cord off and used it with her upper hands in front of her and a pillowcase to cover her head. Yeah, this would be 
enough to frighten the old bitch enough to spill the beans, he thought. He then took a seat in the corner chair and turned on the TV and watched a rerun of Grey's Anatomy until she woke up. <laughs> That's actually in the story. I didn't even make that up. She was out for a good 40 minutes before she began to struggle on the bed. Happy got up and walked over to her and placed his gloved hand on her neck. I'm going to ask you some questions, and you are going to answer me. Do you understand? The old lady shook her head vigorously in agreement. Where are the jewels? I don't have any jewels. Liar! And he ripped the pillowcase from her head and got face to face with her. Now where are the jewels? He asked as he placed his hand on her neck and began to squeeze. The woman was rightfully scared to death, and at this point would answer any question that he would ask. I swear to you, I don't have any jewels. My daughter has them all. She keeps them for me. Then where is the money? I know that you have money. Where is your purse? My purse is in the living room by the couch. Liar! I've been through the living room, and I didn't see no fucking purse. I swear it's beside the couch and between it and all the way tucked away. Happy Boy stormed out of the bedroom and went into the living room to look again for the purse, and he went exactly where the old woman had told him to look, and there was no purse to be found. So he marched back into the bedroom, spinning mad at being lied to, and found the old woman telephone in hand. Oh, really? What do you think that you're going to do with that? Happy Boy asked her as he walked over and showed her the cut cord coming from the phone. Becoming increasingly frustrated with the game she was playing, Happy's violence increased. He took the woman from her bound hands and jerked her up into a seated position. Jerk. Ooh. He took the pillowcase and shoved it into her mouth and tied it up in a gag <coughs> behind her head and thrust her face down on the bed. You want me to hurt you, don't you? She shook her head no and sobbed. Are you sure? Because you sure as fuck act like you do. More sobbing. Well, here's how we're going to play it and pay close attention because I'm only going to say this once. You got it? And the woman shook her head yes. I'm going to ask you a question and you are going to give me an answer. And if I don't like your answer, then I am going to hurt you. Got it? Her sobbing increased, but she agreed. Now, where is the money? She raised her hands and pointed at the second drawer of the dresser. Are you sure? Don't make me get up and waste my time. She shook her head yes and continued to point at the drawer, and Happy got off of her and walked over to where she kept the cash. He ransacked the drawers and threw the contents all over the floor, and in the back of the drawer was an envelope where inside was a stack of $100 bills. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. There we go. That wasn't so bad now, was it? The woman still quivered, frightened to death. Now, is there anything else that I need to know about? And she shook her head no. Well, for some reason, I believe you. Now, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to leave you tied up like you are and leave you alone. Then I'm going to get out of here and you are going to stay where you are until I am long gone, and then you can get up and free yourself. You're going to remain quiet and never speak to this uh, to anyone, ever. Because if you do, I will know, 
and I will be back. If I come back, I won't be so nice. If I do come back, I'm going to kill you. Got it? If anyone has ever seen Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, I just feel like I want to do Will Forte the entire time and just be like, I will kill you. Got it? You bitch. And she shook her head yes. Happy Boy took another pillowcase and placed it on her head again so she couldn't see when he left. And he waited a few minutes to watch and see how she would act once he was gone. And then he left the room and the house and disappeared into the darkness of the night. Oh, well, that was chapter one. I am enjoying it so far. It's it's not written, like, amazingly, but it's a fun perspective of, like, a, you know, full-on sociopath with, well, psychopath, probably, with uh, elements of, like, schizophrenia. He's, like, talking to voices and shit. It's pretty fun. It's a juicy roll. Juicy, juicy, juicy. Chapter two. When Happy Boy got home, he emptied his pocket and looked over the few pieces of jewelry that he had found, and he took the envelope out to count the bills. And inside was four $100 bills, three fifties, and six twenties. Not a bad score for what started out to be pretty bleak. Feeling victorious, Happy walked to his refrigerator and took out a 40 ounce of Mickey's and took a glass stem from the kitchen table and made his way over to his recliner. What a night, he said, lighting a lighter under a piece of aluminum foil and inhaling smoke through a glass pipe. Nice. That old bitch almost made you kill her. I wasn't in the mood for no killing tonight. She was on a walker, for Christ's sake, said Tiny Clown on Happy's shoulder. Happy's trailer smelled of burnt plastic and stale beer. There was empty bottles on every table, and empty fast food containers littered the floor. A sweet smell also was in the air, coming from the bugs in the place that was feeding off of the scraps. It was five in the morning by the time Happy Boy was able to unwind, and he put his feet up and relaxed before passing out drunk and high. Happy Boy woke up at noon from the immense heat in his trailer. It was unbearable during the summer. He looked around for the box of chicken nuggets that he had had for dinner and ate the last two, <coughs> and washed them down with what was left in the bottle of Mickey's and sat down in front of the TV to see if he had made the 12 o'clock news, but to no avail. Oh, well, maybe next time he will be made famous. Happy Boy changed out of his night clothes and into his daytime attire, then walked outside to go and catch a bus, and on the way out, he stashed the cash in the seat cushions of his couch and stashed the jewelry in the front pocket of his jeans. He took one more hit of the cocaine in the foil and walked outside. The heat made him sweat out the alcohol and churned his stomach, making him want to puke. He only had a short walk to the bus stop, but when it was 90 degrees outside, it seemed like it took him forever to get there. Happy Boy kept checking his watch. The heat made him impatient because the bus was running late. Fitting that would, fitting that it would on a day like this hot and after a night like he just had. And 20 minutes later, the bus finally showed up and Happy Boy was more than happy to get on board and sit in the air conditioned ride. Happy Boy halfway dozed on his trip as the night's sleep was more of a nap than a good night's rest, but stayed alert enough to be awake when he passed his last victim's house. The bus made the ride off of Beckley Road, and Happy saw exactly what he thought he would. The old lady had called the cops after all. His threats had fallen on deaf ears, so 
So looks like the bitch didn't listen, happy boy, said Rabbit. Happy would have to hold true to his promise. He would have to visit her again, soon. After all, what is a man if he doesn't keep his word? Happy rode the bus to Taylor's Prawn and Stralia Avenue, on Stralia Avenue, and got off with his spoils in hand. This is where he would take his found treasures. They were discreet and asked few questions, which made it perfect place for him to fence his items. Hey there, happy boy, what do you have for me today? The greasy fat man behind the glass asked. I have my mother's necklace. Happy boy handed over the jewelry through the hole in the protective glass and waited for the man to inspect and give him a price. Looking to sell, I assume. Yeah, she died last year. We won't need them now. I'll give you 150. Is that the best you can do? Can't you do 200? 170 is my final offer. Sounds good. I'll take it. The fat man took the jewels and dropped them in a drawer and took a stack of 20 bills to register and counted on Happy's money. Here's an extra 10 for being so loyal, he said as he pushed the cash under the window and towards Happy Boy. Thanks, Clyde. Have a good day, he said as he took his loot and walked out of the pawn shop. Now for the first order of the day, scoring more cocaine for the night. So with cash in hand, Happy Boy walked down an alley and ended up on the dirty streets of Mercer, or Murder Street as it was affectionately known. The high crime area didn't bother Happy though, in fact he fit right in. He knew these people and they knew him, it was a matter of who you could trust and just how much you could trust them. For instance, cash and product should always be exchanged at the same time, never let your money out of sight or consider it gone. The streets were lined with abandoned repair shops and working garages, rent was cheap, so the apartments were all rented with leftover people, drug addicts, prostitutes, you know, the kind of people that were easily forgotten. Happy Boy knew that he could score some dope down here, and pretty quickly, he just had to wait and be patient. It was still early for the dealers and pimps to be awake, so Happy took, down, took a walk down the street. As he walked, he looked across the road to a place called Amy Cares, it was a, stoop, it was a soup kitchen for the poor, and he saw a man sitting outside with a crowd and about four people gathered around. Curiosity got the best of him, so he crossed the street and walked over to see what the action was. And that's where Jesus comes into the picture. He's always there and can be your savior. All you need to do is accept him and let his blood wash away the sins from your soul. Have you felt lost? And the crowd whispered, yes. Do you feel like no one loves you anymore? Yes. Is it hard for you to fit in? Yes. And does it feel like you would be better off just some number in a plot in some cemetery? Yes. Then what if I was going to tell you to forget all of that because Jesus cares and loves each and every one of you. He loves us all the same from prince to pauper. He loves, his love knows no bounds. Now are you ready to accept him as your Lord and savior? Yes repeated the crowd in unison as they hung on the man's every thirst-quenching word. 
then be at this address tonight at 8 sharp. We'll be accepting new souls this evening, and yours could be one of the lucky ones. Come out tonight and hear the Lord's words spoken to the fortunate ones who will find salvation. And the man took his good book and placed it into his box-style briefcase and passed flyers out into the crowd. Here, take as many as you like and bring your friends and your families. There's plenty of room on the God train. Come on board. Happy Boy smiled as he heard the man's presentation and Rabbit snickered. It wasn't the first street preacher that came down to the slums to rouse up some religion on the homeless. He guessed they were trying to do some good. He couldn't be doing it just for the money because these people didn't have any, and what little they did have went towards their drug habits. He was thinking about going to the revival before he kicked off the night's activities. After all, everybody could use a little Jesus in their lives, especially a man like him. Lord knows he would have plenty to atone for come his judgment day. Happy Boy waited in the alleys and watched as the streets began to come to life and slowly they filled with skeleton-like women dressed in cut-off jeans, carrying Mountain Dew bottles, and this was a sign of a working girl, a gaming girl, <laughs> level up gamer girl. And if they were awake, then the pimps and the dealers would be out soon as well. Except they were drinking monster energy. It's a sign of a working... No, I made that up. Happy Boy waited until he saw a familiar face exit the beatdown buildings that he knew would be holding just what he was looking for. Happy Boy scored his crack for the night using the money that he just got from the pawn shop and made his way back to the bus to get home. He took and interchanged this time and traveled to a different side of town so he could scout the location of his next crime, and Happy normally took a week or two off after a good score and he never hunted down on his own route because it was too familiar. Uh, but this time, the adrenaline rush was so high he couldn't wait to do it again. There were so many to choose from. The route the bus took him through was the nice part of town. Not too rich, mind you, those houses would be too well protected, but just nice enough to have nice things. The kind of things that he could move quickly and without many questions. And Tiny Clown saw the perfect place on the trip and let Happy know, That's the one, he said. Tiny Clown had chosen one of the houses on the poorer side of town, but the lady who lived in the home had always been well-dressed and wore plenty of ornate jewelry, all the signs pointed towards a yes. Tiny Clown repeated himself in Happy's head until Happy finally acknowledged that he had heard and that he understood. The woman would be an easy mark because of her enormous size, and Happy felt like she deserved whatever she would get during the robbery. She was such a large woman that she took up two seats on the bus and would have taken up a third if there was one. People like this don't deserve nice things. They deserve to be punished. Happy stopped by the corner store and bought his liquor for the night and spent the next couple of hours drinking and getting high. The porno on the TV was getting Happy aroused, as was the thought of what he was about to do that night. Have a good jerk and go to sleep. Happy was intent on being prepared for anything this time around, so after he changed into his night clothes, he went down a checklist of what he was going to bring with him. He packed his trusty pen light, a hunting knife, a handful of zip ties, and this time a twenty-two pistol, just in case she struggled. That should do it, said Tiny Clown. Looks like we're ready. And Happy left the home. 
Seeing that the chosen house was on the other side of town, Happy would need a ride, so he did his second favorite pastime and stole a car. The dark blue Buick would fit in the ritzy part of town, and he wouldn't stick out too much, so he felt safe. On the way, Happy stopped by the revival, looking for forgiveness. Chapter 3 It would be almost impossible to miss the church's revival, as the huge tent took up a third of Scooter's Field, which was usually reserved for county fair livestock, but was now replaced with 60 to 70 people looking for salvation. Happy took a seat in the back of the tent and listened as the southern man spewed his religion. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot sleep till they do evil. They are robbed or slumber till they make someone fall. Proverbs 4.26 it was as if he was talking directly to him. Sounds familiar, doesn't it, Haas? Asked Rabbit. Sure does. This is going to save my soul. Your soul is clear, Happy, said Tiny Clown. Happy sat quietly and let the service continue as the man spoke random. People jumped from their seats and ran to the stage. This was their way of finding Jesus, but not his. He just left it alone. After the service was through, he found the man who was speaking on the street and made his way up to him. Hey, I like what you do, Happy said. What's that? He asked. Today, on the street, down on Mercer with the poor people. Oh, thanks. So what's the difference? What do you mean, difference? The difference between the two of us, me and you. There's no difference. We are all the same in the eyes of God. Oh, I think not. You would be surprised. Maybe you would, preacher. Try me. Maybe later I've got places to be. See you around. Yeah. See ya, Happy. And Happy was startled. How did you know my name? I know many things. Like I said, you might be surprised. And with that, Happy left and got back into the stolen Buick to drive to the other side of town. It was 10 o'clock by now, and almost all the lights in the house were off. In the bedroom, though, there was still a flickering of a TV, so Happy stayed back with the trees and waited. A curious dog barked next door, and the fat lady inside peeked out the window to see what had had spooked. Happy could see her clearly, and could tell when she went to bed. It was almost midnight when Tiny Clown convinced Happy that it was safe to break in, and Happy walked around the house, looking for the easiest way to get in, and he found a basement door and thought that that would be the door lock to pick. It was an easy job, and within seconds, he was to the top of the stairs. The house was an uncapped wreck. The dishes were piled three dirty dish high, and there were empty to-go boxes littering the counter. The sound of flies buzzed about the kitchen, and on the counter was an eight-inch kitchen knife that Happy took for the hell of it before walking towards the bedroom. The TV was still on, but he could see the woman was fast asleep in her bed, and Happy stuck to the normal routine and snuck silently into the room and made his way to the dresser, and there he found a small treasure of gold and silver that he eagerly jammed into his front pocket of his sweatshirt. Nice score, Rabbit said to Happy. 
I wonder what else she has to give. He made his way over to her bed, but stumbled over one of her shoes on the floor, causing her to wake up before he could get into position. Who are you? She cried. What do you want? Happy was taken off guard and surprised by her getting out of the bed and took the knife and placed it on the woman's throat. Scream again and I will slit your throat, do you understand? He asked as he stuffed a pair of her underwear in her throat. She shook her head yes. He angrily took her by the wrist and spun her around, forcing her face down on the bed, and he took out zip ties and connected one to another. Her wrists were too fat for just one to work and bound her hands together. Seeing that the whole thing had happened so quickly, Happy didn't see the point in putting on the bandana. She had already seen his face. Now I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to give me honest answers. Do we understand each other? She again shook her head yes. Now where do you keep the money? Seeing that he wasn't going to get answers as long as she was gagged, he took the panties out of her mouth so she could give an answer. There's a safe in the closet. I keep my money in there. The key is in the jewelry box on the dresser. Happy found the key and the box, but there were only $200 in it, and Happy was irritated. Is that the best she can do? asked Tiny Clown. Surely she has more than that, added Rabbit. All right, where's the rest? That's everything. That's all the money that I have. I keep the rest in the bank. I use my card for everything. Not good enough, Happy yelled as he took out the twenty-two and placed it on her head. And placed it to her head. He could feel his heart rate increasing and adrenaline pumping as his trigger finger quivered. I've, I've told you, that's all I have. Take the jewels on the dresser. Just please leave me alone. I think she's lying to you, said Rabbit. You liar! I swear I'm not lying. That's everything. Are you going to let her get away with that? Asked Tiny Clown. You lying bitch! And Happy took a pillow and placed it over the side of her head and placed the barrel of the gun firm to it and pulled the trigger of the handgun. He could almost hear the small caliber bullet rattle around in the head of his victim following the muffled gunshot. Maybe she wasn't lying, but considering that she had seen his face, she had to die one way or another. Happy took the money and the jewels and went out of the back door and made his way to the stolen Buick. He drove the car to an empty gravel parking lot and abandoned it. He lived about two miles away, so it wouldn't take him too long to walk home. Chapter 4 Not the best of nights, said Tiny Clown, as Happy got back to his home. Better hope that jewelry is real, or that was a wasted trip, added Rabbit. Happy emptied his pockets and surveyed his score, looking it over to make sure all of it was authentic. Looks square to me, he thought before taking his place on the couch with a beer in hand. Guess I'll find out for sure in the morning. Nothing that I could do now but wait. Happy took up a crack pipe and smoked until he passed out. Happy woke up extra early the next morning, almost at daybreak. His dreams were filled with the images of that dead woman that he shot, and he just couldn't escape the nightmare. He also kept a recurring dream of the street preacher. With that Bible verse repeating in his mind, unable to sleep, he went outside and sat on the porch, trying to clear his head, but neither Tiny Clown or Rabbit would let that happen. Don't worry, Happy. She had it coming, said Tiny Clown. Yeah, Haas. Look at how she lived. She didn't care about herself. 
Why should anyone else care for her? She probably didn't even have any family, for Christ's sake. Still feeling euphoric from the night before, he tended to get this way when there was a killing involved. Happy Boy decided not to wait on the bus and break his routine by walking downtown. His entire trip was filled with thoughts of the preacher and his hopes to find him back on the street again. And after meeting him at the revival, he had many more questions to ask, especially about how he knew his name. This time, Happy took his jewels to Tencent Golden Pond. He had to keep it fresh or the owners tend to get curious about where the loot came from. This time around, Happy got 300 from his score. Not the best that he has ever done in one night, but he needed the money, so he thankfully shoved it into his pocket and walked out onto the city streets. Midway on the street was a small gathering of unfortunate people forming a semicircle around the street feature from the day before. This time, instead of pamphlets, he was passing out Bibles. Don't rush, there's one for everyone. Happy, good morning, it's good to see you, my friend. Wasn't so sure that you would make it after last night. What does he mean? asked Rabbit. Does he know something? asked Tiny Clown. Last night? Yes, at the revival, I thought I had spooked you a little bit. Oh, that, yeah. You did uh, just a little bit, but we can talk about that when you're done with uh, whatever you're doing here. That sounds fine, but the Lord's work is never done. Why don't you help me pass out these Bibles? And why would I want to do that? Just a hunch that maybe you need a little bit of redemption in your life. Consider your hunch wrong. All right, then, just... Hang around, and when I'm through here, you can walk me back to camp. Think you can manage that? Tiny Clown and Rabbit conferred for a moment and then answered, Sure, Happy Boy, be careful. You know these religious types. Happy Boy walked down the street and took a roost on one of the apartment building stoops and watched the traffic in front of the street preacher. It was a steady stream of pimps, whores, and winos up until after midday. By then, Happy had started to get a case of the shakes and got up and went to see a neighborhood bar. Happy boy, see you soon, said the preacher. Sure, you know where I'll be. Happy sat alone in the corner and smoked on a cigarette while drinking gin through the afternoon. He watched soccer on the bar TV and listened to horrible country music being played on the jukebox by the local drunks. But who was he to judge, and what did it matter anyways? That's why he carried earphones. It was about four in the afternoon when the preacher walked through the front door. Mind if I sit here? He asked Happy. No, sir. Have a seat. So, how did it go out there? Save any souls? A few, I guess. We'll see tonight at the revival. Will I see you there? Maybe. Got a few things to take care of first, but we'll see. Was happy to see you there last night. That was a good start. Always interesting in watching the Lord work his magic. Magic? Is that what you call it? Magic? Yeah, bait and switch, parlor tricks and such. That's about all I see. Well, and you're missing out on the best part. Oh, yeah? What's that? The Lord's work. Miracles. Right. The Lord's work. What exactly is that? It's like how I knew your name. Doesn't that strike you as odd? Odd, but not a miracle. Any one of those hundreds of people last night could have given you my name. 
But they didn't. Well, how do I know that? Because I'm a man of God, do you think that I would lie? Well, hell yeah, I have no doubt about it. So how did you get the name Happy? It was a nickname. As a child, my mother says that I was never sad. I think it sort of fits. I'm sort of a happy man. He was making up the story that he told strangers, and the truth is that he got his nickname because he was always higher drunk. Well, you have a lot to be thankful for. What are you talking about? How about when you were four and had your tonsils taken out? What do you know about that? I know that you died. And how do you know that? Happy was taken aback at the preacher's knowledge of his horrific childhood event <laughs> that came out of fucking nowhere. I told you, you might be surprised. I know a lot of things. Happy put his guard up now and waited for Tiny Clown and Rabbit to give him advice on how to handle the situation. Be careful, Happy Boy. He knows too much, advised Rabbit. Never mind that, Happy. Let him keep talking. See what else he knows. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure talking with you, but I think that I had better be going now, said Happy as he got up from the booth. No, no, don't leave on my account. Sit and let me buy you a drink. And Happy sat down. He could never say no to free booze. So tell me about your day, asked the nameless man. Why are you asking me? I thought that you knew everything already. No, just certain things, not everything. Well, I have no job, so my day is pretty much spent staying around the house. Well, it's kind of hard to live like that, isn't it? It's not really. Beats the alternative. Surely you must have a way of making money. I can make ends meet. Legally. Watch it, Happy said Tiny Clown. Let's just say it works for me. So I noticed that you walked downtown today. What happened to the car you had last night? Happy froze. It was stolen, wasn't it? Happy still had nothing to say. Don't worry, Happy. Think of me as a doctor. What I know stays with me and stays private, just between us. Okay, alright then. Well, yeah. I stole it. It gives me a rush. And what do you do with a stolen car? Joyride. And what do you do when you are done with it? Well, I, I drop it off in some parking lot somewhere. I don't damage it. I just leave it left in as good shape as when I found it. So you sleep all day, I assume. All afternoon, usually. And let me guess, you stay up all night. Yeah. And what do you do? Drugs? Alcohol? So what if I do? Nothing. No big deal. I deal with addicts and alcoholics all day. I make room for them. Oh yeah, and what is it you do for them? I show them a different light. I would like to show it to you if you would let me. Well, how do you plan on that? How about I give you the night to think it over, and you could meet up with me tomorrow with your answer. We are more alike than you know. Deal? We'll see, Preach. See you around. And Happy left the bar with a lot on his mind. Chapter 5 
As the night fell, the streets came to life with the hustle and bustle of the night fiends. All the hookers and drug dealers lined the doorways and waited to peddle their goods to the traffic that entered from the outside. Lurking in the shadows was a tall, lanky figure who moved slowly in the cover of the night and walked with a deliberate pace. He passed the street people as if he had a higher purpose than just to score some dope or cheap sex act. He was moving with a higher power. He stopped in front of one of the alleys where he saw two homeless men pitching quarters and drinking cheap wine. Hello, he said. Yeah, what do you want? They asked. I'm here for you. For us, what did we do? God sent me. God? God forgot about us a long time ago, and the two men shared a good laugh. <laughs> but you are wrong. That is why I am here. He has sent me to deliver you to him. Oh yeah? And how do you figure to do that? Pray with me. And the figure took a knee. Pray whatever, man. Get out of here with that shit. Prayer or not, you are going to go with God tonight. Look, fella, just leave us alone, will ya? And the figure held out his hands, and in his left hand was a shining blade that sliced through the darkness, and with one quick strike, cut through the necks of each man, and they fell where they stood. The figure wiped the blade clean in his dark robe and walked back down the alley and into the light at the end of the street. Happy was back at his trailer and had thought about the proposition until night fell. He started to feel the itch inside and wanted to go out and rob someone again. He was on such a winning streak he didn't want to stop, so he did his normal routine and smoked his dope until he fell into a crack cocaine coma and chased it with Johnny Walker Red. He didn't feel like stealing a car tonight and decided to break into one of his neighbor's homes. He had the perfect place scouted. It belonged to a shapely brunette that he watched jog up and down the street every day. He knew her routine like the back of his hand. He knew what time she got up and what time she went to work, when she would get home, and when she locked up for the night. She lived alone, and he thought that she looked pretty helpless. Plus, she worked at a local Applebee's as a waitress. The odds of her having a stack of cash on her was pretty good. <laughs> it is, is it? <laughs> She'll be perfect for us. All that she does is run, said Tiny Clown. Yeah, and maybe we could get a little more than money out of her, added Rabbit. Jesus Christ. Happy dressed himself for the night of mischief and packed for a rough night bringing his pistol along. Tonight's robbery would be easier for him because he literally was going across the street, so he stayed home until he believed that she would have to go to bed. The darkness was in his favor, and he sneaked silently in the shadows until he came to her house. Once again, he looked around for the easiest point of entry. This time, it was a sliding glass door that was left unlocked. Happy Boy thought back about what the preacher had said about how God worked miracles, and here was one. Everything was in place for a simple in and out with no harm and no foul. Happy made his way to the back of the house and used his pen light to find the woman's bedroom where she was sound asleep. He entered the room and made his way over to her and stood atop of her and watched her sleep and he took his fingertips and ran them smoothly across the bare skin of her legs and drew an outline of the dragon tattoo on her outside of her thigh. Happy thought that this caressing would get him sexually aroused, but it didn't. In fact, it made him kind of feel dirty. It wasn't so much that he was invading her privacy, it was that she was so submissive. 
He finished with his night's fondling and made his way over to her dresser, which was bare having only various types of makeup on it, and Happy was kind of troubled. He then decided to go back to her, but before he did, he placed the bandana over his face just in case she was to wake up early, and she was too pretty to have to kill, and he really didn't want to have to do it. He then took his hand and placed it over her mouth. Don't scream, and I won't hurt you, said Happy. The woman squirmed as any frightened person would, but didn't scream. Her eyes were as big as saucers, and beads of sweat broke out on her brow. Get the goods and let's get out. Something's wrong here, Rabbit said. Where's the money? asked Happy Boy, and she shook her head no. The money, bitch, where is it? She had no response. Forget it, Happy, we should just leave, said Tiny Clown. We can't leave now, we just started, replied Happy Boy. Last time, before it gets rough, but the threat didn't work. Happy began to feel a tingling inside. He took out his pistol and ordered the woman onto her stomach where he planned to bind her hands with the zip ties, but she struggled and began to yell for help. (sighs) Happy took the butt of his gun and repeatedly struck her on the back of the head until she stopped moving altogether, and she fell limp, and Happy continued to tie her up and rolled her over onto the bed. Even unconscious, she was a striking woman. Now's your time, Happy, said Tiny Clown. Might as well, Haas. Happy knew what they meant. He had often fantasized about this moment as he sat in his chair and watched her jog by his trailer. Now would be the perfect time and she would never know. I think think she would. He pulled down her shorts and stopped about mid-shin. She was wearing her prettiest pair of red lace panties, just Happy's type and He was convinced that she was wearing them just for him. He checked to see if she was still breathing after the blows that she took, and Happy was surprised that she wasn't. He took her by the shoulders and shook her vigorously, but she still didn't flinch. It appeared as if the head trauma had killed the young woman, and this bit of knowledge excited Happy even more. He took this moment to fondle her soft hair and breathed in the vanilla conditioner before he raped the dead woman and laid next to her and even spooned her until he became aroused again. The second time around, he raped her from behind and buried his face into the pillow and fantasized about her asphyxiating during her orgasm. When he finished with his deviant sex acts, he got back to plundering the bedroom for her hidden stash of cash. The honeypot was in the closet in a shoebox where he found over a thousand dollars. The day was Saturday, so she had already pulled in the weekend tips and Happy just happened to strike at the right time. Before leaving, he took one of her bedsheets and covered her properly as any deceased body should be. He may have defiled her dead body, but he still thought that he owed her some sense of respect. Wow. Taking the money, Happy left himself at the back door and went home for the night. Chapter 6. I'm now starting to get to the part of the narrative that I find the most cringy, because they've done the whole psycho thing, and the raping dead body thing. It's kind of, it's kind of like Ed Kemper-esque, or Dahmer-esque, with the, with the, uh, with the attitude of a, of a Ramirez, maybe. Um, 
when when someone kind of puts their head in that zone and they try to write and they try to emulate that, it just sometimes comes off cringy. And I don't know if that was like full on cringe or just like a little cringy to be like, and then he spooned her. But like, it's, you know, it is what it is. Chapter six. Sunday morning came just like every other morning to Happy. Hot, sticky, and hungover. Last night's exploits had him feeling a little bit guilty and a little bit satisfied, both equally tugging at his soul. The girl died by accident, just a little bit too much force, but he told her not to struggle. It was her own fault. Happy got up and took his bottle of scotch and took one long, extended drink until he just about choked and then went outside to get newspaper. To his delight... His murder had made the front page, and the article was two whole columns. Happy was addicted to collecting his news clippings as trophies, so he took some scissors and cut out the article and left it on the kitchen table. He would have put it in his scrapbook later. "'What's wrong, champ? Cheer up. You made the news,' asked Rabbit. "'Why did she have to die?' "'Because she wouldn't listen.' replied Tiny Clown. You told her not to scream, and she tried to scream. If she didn't do what you told her not to do, she would still be alive now. Now wouldn't she? I guess. Anyways, you still had your fun. It didn't stop you now, did it, Tiger? And Happy gave an embarrassing smile. Come on, Happy. Let's get out of here and spend some of that money, said Rabbit. Happy agreed, and out the front door he went. What better way for a drug addict to spend his money than to buy more drugs? This $1,000 could buy him a shit ton of crack, and Happy walked downtown with a spring in his step. It was midday by now, and the streets were alive with street traffic. Off of the same alley, Happy saw the street preacher speaking his word to a gathering of about a dozen in front of a news crew. It was busy for a Sunday. The news team six was interview him interviewing him about the tent revival and was giving him a chance to spread his word across the airwaves and in true preacher form he had plenty to say so tell us more about the revival at scooter's field asked melanie ames anchorwoman news team six we've been there since thursday and we will be holding services twice a day until this thursday making it a full week of salvation Everyone is invited, and we urge you to come on down and embrace the Lord's word, the preacher said. Now tell us what to expect during the revival, and what denomination you will be speaking from. We entertain all walks of Christ and preach from the Bible, straight from the Bible, without any spinnings of yarns. The word is the word, and it comes straight from the good book. Does the string of missing persons on Mercer Street alarm you in any way and affect your ministries? Not at all. I'm aware of the incident, and we are offering the homeless a place under our tent to sleep, with dinner and breakfast served daily. And there we have it. Be sure to make your way down to Scooter's Field before Thursday and enjoy a relaxing time in the presence of the Lord. And we're out. Casey, you got all that? Yeah, well, good, boss. Perfect, let's get out of here. These people creep me out, she told her camera. Thank you, preacher. I think that went well. Good luck with your revival and Melanie Ames was in the van and out of sight in no time. Well, that was freaking rude, don't you think? Asked Rabbit. It certainly was, answered Happy. Hey, Preacher, what was that? Reaching out to the lost via television. Yeah, but she was talking shit about us. That doesn't mean that I didn't reach someone today. 
But that was rude, what she said. You know, some of these people are good people, just down on their luck, you know? Well, that's true, you know that, and I know that. How do we make her know that? What do you mean? Maybe someone needs to open her eyes to the truth, you know? Teach her a lesson. And Happy was stunned to hear this suggestion coming from a preacher. Did he mean what he seemed that he meant? What do you mean by that? He asked. Nothing. Forget that I said anything. So how was your night, happy boy? Looked like a new man. Oh, it was restful. It was a restful first night in a long time. You stayed in, I assume. No stealing of cars. No, not last night. You know, caught up on some sleep. Uh, how did the revival go? Good, good. Missed you there. Thought you might show up again. No, uh, maybe tonight. So say, have you heard about these missing persons down here on the streets? Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. Found two of them down by the tracks the other day, didn't they? Eh, it's a real shame. Seems like someone is hunting them. It's sad. These poor people have life hard enough. Indeed. So what are you doing today? I could use some help going door to door with these Bibles. Can I count you in? What's he trying to pull? Asked Rabbit. Go ahead and do it, Happy. See where he's coming from. Sure. Why not? I'll be back in about an hour. Does that work for you? That's perfect. Happy walked off and made his way towards one of his trusted drug dealers to score his stash before joining the preacher in his daily activities. He took the opportunity to get high in the dealer's apartment and then went back outside to meet the holy man and go on their way. Are we ready, Happy? As ready as I would ever be. Happy and the preacher left the downtown area and made their way towards one of the outlying neighborhoods. Kids played here and it was safe to let them go out after dark. That couldn't be said about a lot of the places in this town. Happy Boy carried the suitcase full of Bibles and the preacher did the talking. They went door to door, knocking and preaching to use those who answered. Preaching to those who answered. It was a lot harder than it seemed. It appeared as if the Bible was no longer needed and very few of the houses answered the door to them. But those that did would offer them a glass of tea or lemonade. It was an awfully hot midday. You see how easy it is to meet people happy? Just go door to door with a good message and people will let you into their homes. Great way to make acquaintances. Happy Boy had noticed how easy it was to get into their homes and he kind of liked being able to see what was inside and what it looked like during the day. Think that might be a cutout for a life like this, Happy. Maybe. Do I have to sell Bibles, though? Yeah, it's part of the package. Well, then maybe not. Well, maybe I can still change your mind. Like I said, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Come this way. And the preacher led Happy back into the slums and down to where the abandoned buildings were falling in. Be careful, Happy. Something's not right, said Tiny Clown. Why are we down here? asked Happy Boy. I have something that I would like to show you. The preacher answered, taking a white cloth and a bottle from his inner pocket. He poured a bit of his liquid on the cloth and inhaled deeply, and the liquid had a distinct smell to it. It was... ether. Holy shit, preach. Seriously? Yeah, just call it one of my sins. 
We all have them in mind as this. Now come on, come on over here, said the preacher, walked into one of the broken down structures and removed a couple of boards. Under them was the dead body of one of the homeless men that had been at the preacher's gathering yesterday. Did you do that? asked Happy. I did indeed. I just delivered one of God's children up to heaven. Is that how you see it? Sure, that's how it is. I've been sent here to do his work and this is part of it. If you say so. How is it any different in what you do? Okay, Happy. Time for you to get out of here. And now, said Rabbit. What are you talking about? I'm talking about those girls, Happy. Like that girl last night that you robbed. And other stuff. I know all about you and the things that you do. But how? It comes to me in dreams. Wondrous dreams. You are one of the special ones that I can dream about and see what you do. Okay, Happy, you know what you're going to have to do, said Tiny Clown. I can't kill him. You have to, Happy, added Rabbit. Don't worry, Happy. I won't tell if you don't tell. If you stay silent until Thursday, I will be gone and your town will be all yours again. Deal? Deal. But maybe we can help each other out with something. Well, sure. What do you have in mind? That reporter. I think she has a visit due. Chapter 7. I kind of like the team up. Now now it has a little bit of spice that I... I you know, it's almost like uh, Ramirez teaming up with fucking... Uh, BTK. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Happy and the preacher left the rundown buildings and went their separate ways when they got back to the nicer part of Mercer Street. The preacher took his Bibles out from his suitcase and took his place on a stoop and returned to preaching the Lord's word as if the previous events had never happened. Happy walked home with a huge bag of cocaine in his pocket and a smile on his face thinking about what the preacher had just admitted to him. Now he wasn't the only murderer in town. It kind of felt nice. Happy got home and looked over to the young lady's house that had visited the night before and it seemed so cold and empty. The streets would never be the same without her jogging by. Happy went inside and grabbed his bottle of liquor and began to drink heavily. He had plans for the night. Big plans. First off, he had to find a way to locate Melanie Ames' address. He thought that she was probably going to be living in a rich part of town, so he had to be extra prepared for the entry. A simple Google search was able to provide her records. Public figures were easier to find because of the public's poor reviews. Many of those people were determined to get their addresses out. Happy Boy took the rest of the evening to plan his exploits and thought long and hard about the best way to handle the situation. It might just be in his imagination, but the preacher seemed in full favor of anything goes in regards to that woman. He was sort of the patron saint of the town street and people. Patron saint of the town street people and Happy was the executioner. The cocaine buzz lasted for only so long before Happy passed out. Happy boy woke to the excited voice of Rabbit screaming excitedly, Wake up, wake up, we have lots to do. And he was right. He still had plenty of drugs and alcohol left, and Happy hit both of them hard trying to get into the right frame of mind. And at about midnight, he was about as medicated as he could, so he left his trailer and walked through the neighborhoods looking for the right sedan to steal. It didn't take long for one to catch his eye, and with a simple jam of a screwdriver into the steering column, Happy was behind the wheel and driving to Melanie Ames' house. 
Happy drove around the neighborhood three times to get the layout and case the house for the best way in. He parked two blocks down and walked up the street to the victim's home. It was a two-story ranch and the easiest way in was a window on the second story. There was a room over the back porch and Happy climbed on top of it easily and got into the window without any problems. He took out his pen light and walked down the hallway and Mrs. Ames' bedroom was the first door that he came to. It was pitch black and the only way he could see her was from the red glow of an alarm clock on her dresser. Happy shone his light across the room and searched for anything that he could use. On a chair at the foot of the bed, he found a wool scarf that he grabbed and was going to use it to tie up her hands. First, he took the duct tape from his bag and wrapped her mouth in it. She tried her best to struggle and scream, but Happy had her bound too tight. The look of sheer fright in her eyes was enough for him, but he didn't even have to go any further. He was just doing it now for the fun of it. Don't worry, I'll make it quick for you, he told the reporter. Why should you do that, Happy? asked Rabbit. Yeah, take your time, said Tiny Clown. The two did their best to convince Happy not to rush things and to relax, which he decided to do. The end result was not a good one for Melanie Ames, as Happy had every intention to kill her. He looked at her and smiled as tears ran down her face before taking out his hunting knife and cutting her down the left side of her face. The sight of the blood running down her cheek excited Happy, so he cut her again on the right side. He had decided after reading the paper that he needed a signature for the cops, so he decided that he would cut his victims with two X's on their cheeks from now on. Off in a separate bedroom, a surprise came to Happy as the cries of an infant filled the air. What's that? Happy asked as he ripped the tape off of the woman's mouth. That's my daughter. Please, just take what you want and leave us alone. I have money. Just leave. It's not that simple. How old is the child? She's six months. Please let me go to my baby. I don't think so. Sit back down and Happy placed the tape back on her mouth. Mrs. Ames sobbed more. An elevated sense of fear was obvious as Happy walked around the room, scratching his head with the barrel of the pistol, trying to figure out what to do. The baby was a new twist that he hadn't planned for, and he wasn't sure what to do. The more the child cried, the more agitated he got, and the faster he paced, and finally being fed up, he took the pistol and placed it in the back of the woman's head and pulled the trigger. She slumped over slowly, and the noise made the baby cry even louder, and the noise was like fingernails on the chalkboard to him, and he had to make it stop. No, Happy. Don't do it. Not the baby, pleaded Rabbit. We don't kill kids. Rabbit was right. Kids were off the table. Happy was so irritated that he left the valuables in the home and let himself out the back door and ran back to the sedan just to escape the child's cries. He drove back to the safety of his home and smoked his dope until the night's events were just a blur. Meanwhile, the preacher had dressed for his night out in a long hooded robe. He walked from the tent revival and made his way down to the beginning of Mercer Street where his long shadow was cast down. Cat calls rang out, alerting all those of someone was new to the streets and for them to be careful. Since the disappearances of fellow street people had happened over the last few nights, many chose to run back inside and to hide. The figure was a grim reaper coming to collect their souls. The preacher took out his rag and inhaled one hard time before entering the hunting ground looking for the night's victim. In an alley was a lone hooker shooting up her night's supply of heroin, and the preacher approached her. Hello there, child. 
Hello, you looking to party? I'm looking for you. What are you, some cop or something? Or something. Okay, so you're a smart ass. What do you want? To be sucked off or something? $30. I want to save your soul. I want to introduce you to Jesus. That's funny. Jesus forgot about me a long time ago. That's not true, child. Jesus never forgets. And the streeter... <laughs> streeter. It's street preacher combined. And the street preacher took out the rag and placed it over her mouth and nose and held it there until she stopped struggling. He then picked up her limp body and carried it down the street to the abandoned part of town and dumped her body into one of the buildings. The preacher then made his way back to the revival tent and went to bed feeling fulfilled. Chapter 8 Happy woke the next day and rushed to the front door to see what the papers had to say about the newswoman's death, but the paper didn't have a write-up. It was probably too early for the body to be found. She probably wouldn't even be missed until afternoon. He took what money he had and grabbed the bus and rode to downtown bar where Happy would often wait for the day to grow long. Hey, Earl, said Happy as he sat down at the bar. Hey there, Happy. What are you feeling today? Gin, scotch, Jaeger? Gin, Earl. Too early for the others. So what's new, Abby? Oh, nothing. About to move out of town. Gonna hit the road with that preacher. See the sights. Are you serious? Doesn't sound much like you. Well, I know, right? He just spoke to me one day and it felt right. Well, if you say so. Happy and Earl made small talk into the afternoon until Happy saw the streets come to life and he excused himself and became one with the busy surroundings. The ride to the empty part of town after scoring his coke for the day, Happy got back on the bus and took the ride to the empty part of town. On the way, the bus picked up one of Happy's least favorite fares. Her name was Gina, and she was confined to a mechanical wheelchair because she only had one leg. Her other leg was amputated at the knee. She was a vile-looking woman who had slicked back greasy hair and a bottom jaw that swallowed her top one. He always thought of her as a human slug, disgusting in every way. The only redeeming thing about her was the copious amounts of jewelry that she wore daily. She was flaunting her wealth, and with that, plus her social security check, Gina would be the perfect mark for Happy's last robbery, and he would do that tonight. Happy got off the bus at 3 o'clock with Tiny Clown and Rabbit busily chirping in his ear about Gina. Can't wait for this one. She deserves everything she gets. Come on, Happy. Let's go now. But Happy knew that he had to wait at least a couple more hours, so he spent his free time, like he always did, drinking and smoking. Before he knew it was 8 o'clock and the bus would be making its last turn for the night, so Happy packed his bag and headed out. This time he left the zip ties at home and brought a pair of handcuffs. Gina's wrists were fat enough to bleed butter and he didn't want to repeat the other night. Happy Boy got off the bus about a half mile away from Gina's house and spent the next couple of hours hiding in the woods. Her house was in the middle of nowhere and her closest neighbor was about a mile away. If there ever was a perfect target, this was it. He had packed a small amount of cocaine and smoked it before it was showtime, just enough to give him the superhuman courage to do what he needed to do. Cue Popeye the Sailor Cue Popeye the Sailor's theme song. Happy 
It wasn't always pretty, like the newswoman, so he came prepared this time. Midnight came, and Happy knew that it was time for action. Surely she was asleep by now, and the house would be his for the taking. He looked at the house and imagined it as being overrun with cats and smelling of vinegar and bleach, so he pulled his bandana over his nose and his throat to keep the smell out. "'Be careful, Happy,' said Rabbit. "'She's a wild one, Happy,' added Tiny Clown." It was an easy entry into Gina's house. The back door was wide open and unlocked. Happy took out his pen light and shone it inside to get a layout of the place. And he was right about the cats. Down to the hall was a closed door with a flickering light under the crack from a TV. And Happy Boy knew that it must be her bedroom. He placed one foot in front of the other as to make as little noise as possible until he got close to the door. He twisted the knob, but the door was locked, not to be denied. Happy gave a little force with his shoulder to the door and it came open. He started with a crack and saw Gina's wheelchair at the foot of the bed. He opened the door even more and found Gina wide awake and with a shotgun in her hands. Who the fuck are you? She said before pulling the trigger. Her aim was off, and the buckshot hit the wall right beside Happy's face. It startled him a bit, but agitated him a lot, and he took his twenty-two from his bag and fired twice, striking Gina in the neck with both shots. Gina tried to stop the bleeding by holding a pillow over the wound and tried to scream for help, but the sound she made was only a warm, gurgling sound as the blood bubbled from her jugular vein. Happy found solace in standing over his victim and enjoyed watching her slowly bleed out. Happy turned on the bedroom light so as to see the room better and he looked around the room for valuables. He found her purse first and then inside he found $2,000. She had obviously just cashed her SSI check. He then went through her chest of drawers and in the back of the top drawer he found a small fortune of gold, diamonds, and silver pieces that made him extremely happy. He would get top dollar for these jewels. Happy turned back to make sure that Gina was still dying, and she was. He took his jewels and money and went out the back door. Some of the cats got curious and went outside too, but they wouldn't go far because the house was where the food was. Tiny Clown and Rabbit cheered with joy over the robbery that they had just committed, and it would put an extra spring in Happy's step. Now all that was left was for Happy to find a car to steal and get back home. That was the easy part, though, because it was so out in the middle of nowhere that everyone left their cars unlocked. Happy chose a truck for his joyride, and within minutes he had it started and was headed home. Happy celebrated for hours and passed out about 4 a.m. under the heavy influence of drugs and alcohol. Don't do drugs or alcohol, kids. Never, never, ever do the drugs or alcohol or else you'll become a psychotic serial, serial killer of older women. Don't do it. He woke up the next morning and rushed to the front door to look at the morning paper. This time he made the front page with the murder of the newswoman. Happy took up a full page story and kept his and kept it for the scrapbook. He wondered if anyone cared enough for Gina to be known as missing before the cats began to eat her, but if not, so be it. Happy caught the early bus with riches in his pocket and went happily downtown. 
He went into the five and dime pawn shop with Gina's jewelry and pawned it for $500. He probably could have gotten more for it, but he took the first offer and didn't want to draw attention to himself. Besides, 500 would buy him plenty of cocaine. He walked outside with the fist of dollars and made his way down to see the preacher who was preaching from his normal stoop. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Luke 14, 13, 14. And that's where you will find salvation. Join us at the revival and share a meal with us and share in the Lord's saving grace. I hope to see you all there, the preacher said as he passed out pamphlets and Bibles. Hey there, preach. Getting them all worked up, I see. Just doing my calling. And you? What brings you out so early? Just running my daily errands. Find what you're looking for? Not yet, but I will. So does our deal still stand? Are you still coming with me? It does, and I am. Then we will leave tomorrow. We will. Then I shall leave you to your errands, and I shall attend to mine. The preacher took his suitcase and walked up the street towards his revival tent. Chapter 9 Happy scored his drugs and went home to prepare for his trip. He spent the day packing all of his belongings into suitcases and knapsacks. It wasn't hard for him to leave most of everything behind in his line of work. It would be easy for him to replace virtually anything. Plus, he would be living under a tent with a preacher, so he wasn't going to need much more than his handcuffs, his gun, and his light for his nighttime activities. He began to get excited about all the new faces that he was going to meet and all the new robberies he was going to do. Combine that with the preacher's own perversions and they seemed to just make a perfect couple. You don't have to do this, Happy, cried Rabbit. Just tell him no. Just change your mind and stay here, replied Tiny Clown. I'm not going to do that. It just makes sense for me to leave. Things are getting too tight around here. Pretty soon, those cops are going to be putting the screws to the pawn shops, and my name is going to pop up. I have to leave. Before it gets too hot, this is the perfect plan. I'm telling you, happy boy, something is wrong with that guy. You can't trust him, said Rabbit. Just be quiet. I know what I'm doing. Happy was just about through packing for the trip. Next, he went down to the revival to meet up with the preacher to make sure that he had everything in place for tomorrow's exit, and under the tent were dozens of homeless sleeping in makeshift beds provided by the street preacher. No matter what he did in his free time, he was doing good work with this needy in his town. Is it like this every night? Happy asked the preacher. Pretty much. They just want to feel human for a while. That's what I do here. Give them a sense of hope, at least for one night. And what about those that you find on the streets that aren't sleeping here, you know? The ones in those buildings. I'm delivering them to God. I am ending their earthly pain. Is that what you call it? That's what it is. Is it going to be like this in the next town? It's going to be like this in every town. Can you handle that? Happy got aroused thinking about that. 
thinking about what he had in store for the strangers and whatever town they were to stop in next. So do you have one more in you before we leave town, or is the cripple going to be your last? Asked the preacher. I think that I'm going to end on a high note and lay low this evening. How about you? I have my flock to tend to tonight and will have to be up early in the morning to feed the hungry their breakfast. Can I count on you for some help? I'll see what I can do. No promises, though. That's all that I can ask. Happy walked home and thought openly about Gina and the noise she made as she tried to breathe. It was like porn to him, and he got hard thinking about it. Had it happened just a bit earlier, he would have blown some of his money on one of the hookers downtown, but he was already home now and just had to masturbate it away on his own. It had become a habit for him to wake up early, and this was no exception as he was wide awake by eight and on the bus downtown to help the preacher serve breakfast. Good morning, happy boy. Good morning, preacher. How can I help? Oh, it's easy, really. You just stand here and hand out these boxes as the line walks past. You got it? I got it. What are you going to do? I'm going to mangle about and recruit a handful of the stronger men to help us take down this tent and load it up onto the trailer. Will they do that? It's amazing what a full belly and $10 an hour will do. The preacher got lost in the sea of people looking for good help. After the last boss of... After the last box of food was given out, the preacher returned to talk to Happy Boy. Well, Happy, this is it. Now's the time to say goodbye to anyone that you have to say goodbye to. Once these men get started, this tent will have to come down in no time. This gave Happy the perfect chance to find his dealer and score his traveling coke before the road trip. Okay then, Preach, I'll be back soon. Happy was off to find his drugs. The streets were still empty, but Happy was impatient, so much in fact that he went into one of the buildings and knocked on the door where he knew one of the dealers lived. The man wasn't very pleased by Happy's boldness, but forgave him considering the circumstances. So with a pocket full of cocaine, Happy went back to Scooter's Field to find the tent completely torn down and loaded onto the trailer behind the preacher's F-150. Happy loaded his bags into the back of the truck and got into the passenger side, and the preacher and him drove out of town and headed west onto the highway. About two hours into the trip, the preacher found what he thought to be the perfect spot for his next revival. It was a little town called Greenville, and it had one restaurant advertised. <laughs> a Cracker Barrel. This should do just fine, Happy. So, what do we do now? We can't just, like, put up that tent by ourselves. That's an excellent question. What we do next is find a field big enough for it, and then we go and get a permit for the revival. A permit? What for? Uh, it's just a way to make a buck off of me. They are easy to get, though. I've never been turned down. But to your next question, we invite these people to eat a good dinner, and in return, they'll help us put the tent up. Just like we did when the tent getting taken down. So it's that easy, huh? Believe it or not, yes, it is that easy. Happy and the preacher unhooked the trailer from the truck and drove into town to find the courthouse so that they could get the right permits to hold their tent revival. And like the preacher said, a hundred dollars later, he had the right paperwork in hand. 
The next step was to find the rundown area of town where they could find cheap labor. This part of town was called Selwyn Avenue, and the preacher began to drum up a crowd by speaking his scripture. Happy laid back and surveyed the crowd, trying to look at all the ones who didn't join the horde and decide if there was a drug dealer or not. Happy had years of experience with this, so the dealers stuck out like a sore thumb. So feeling assured that he had found his man, Happy went back to handing out the flyers and promoted the revival under the tent down at the Greenville Stockyard. The preacher felt pretty confident that he had drummed up enough hungry men to help him with the tent tomorrow morning, and he and Happy Boy got back to the truck and drove around for a bit. So what do we do next? Well, first, we get ourselves a nice hotel room and dinner. It'll be our last one for a week. Oh, and don't forget to shower. We won't be getting one of those either. So do you think those people will show up in the morning? Oh, a majority of them will. Again, a free meal and cash says a lot to down there. Plus a chance to hear God's spoken word. Most of these people are looking for salvation. And what about you? You gonna be doing that thing you do? The thing you were doing back there? What's that? Saving people from this cruel world? If the spirit takes me, I will. How about you? Are you going to go back to your murderous ways? If the spirit takes me? Well, here we are, Happy. This will have to do. The preacher said as they pulled into the parking lot of a Holiday Inn. And you wouldn't know it. The Cracker Barrel is right across the street. I will go over there and order our breakfast for tomorrow morning while you go inside and get us a couple of rooms. And with that, Happy Boy and the Preacher were set up for the night. Chapter 10 At 10 o'clock, the Preacher decided to take a little drive to downtown portion of Greenville to get to know the people a little bit better. He left his cloak in the hotel room. He had no plans on killing anyone this evening. And he walked as a man of God. The streets were alive with pimps and hookers, and the Preacher knew that he would have to visit again to help save them from their sins. He stopped on the corner and struck up a conversation with one of the drug dealers who was peddling his wares. Hello, my son. How are you this evening? What are you looking for? I've got it all. Coke, heroin, opioids. What's your pleasure? Well, I could actually use some ether. Ether? Shit, dude. This ain't 1970, and you ain't Dennis Hopper. I ain't got no ether. Don't know where to get it either. You're shit out of luck. Now move on. You're holding up my business. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 5.21 You see, my son, I am here for you. Yeah, that's great. Now move on. I will see you again soon, my child. Have a pleasant evening. The preacher continued on his walk and passed the flyers out to everyone that he passed on the street. These were the most downtrodden of the town. The working girls and drug slingers with the winos. The downtown was as busy now as it was during the day, and the preacher felt confident that he had reached enough people to make the revival a success. He then got back in his truck and drove back to the hotel room to get some sleep before the busy day ahead. 
Back at the Holiday Inn, Happy Boy dressed in his all-black and knit cap and packed his bag with the handcuffs and pistol. He smoked a little of his last stash of crack and left his room at about midnight and walked through the parking lot and looked for a car to boost. Taking one of the cars from the Holiday Inn was too risky, so Happy went over to the Cracker Barrel and stole one of the cars from there. He took a joyride around town and looked for the perfect place to break into on this night. Nestled in a cul-de-sac was a wonderful little Victorian with six-foot hedges lining the yard. This would be perfect for cover for him as he walked around the grounds. The house, though, was locked up tight. He wasn't used to this of all of the houses before where easy entry. This one would take some effort. Happy took the wallet of lockpicks from his pocket and went to work. It was easier than he remembered, and he was inside in just seconds. The back door led into the laundry room, and Happy Boy took out his pen light, searching through the pile of laundry to see what kind of people lived in the home. He was happy to see that all the clothes were one size and were women's, meaning that chances are there was a single female living in the home. <clears throat> he then made his way through the kitchen and opened the refrigerator to see what kind of food she would be eating, and inside was a lot of greens and yogurts. So she was a health food nut, and she was probably in pretty good shape. Happy Boy continued walking through the house and stopped in the living room and looked at the pictures on the mantel. It was a family of three that must be the owner of the house and her parents. She was a beautiful blonde, and Happy got excited. He walked down the hallway and looked for her bedroom, and what he found were all the rooms were empty, and she wasn't home. And Happy had gotten excited for no reason. Happy still took the time to ransack the home for anything of value and left with a decent amount of jewelry from her dresser, but Happy Boy had a need for something more violent, so with an overwhelming feeling of disappointment, Happy left the home and closed the back door and went back to his stolen car, knowing that he would keep an eye out on this place, with hope that she would come back home before the week was over. Happy Boy got back to his hotel room and drank from his bottle of scotch, feeling let down that he had broken into the home for no reason but assorted jewels. Without the killing, he felt unfulfilled and empty. It's okay, Happy. There's always tomorrow, said Tiny Clown. Yeah, you'll have plenty of houses to choose from when you go door to door with the preacher. But I needed it now. It's been too long. Happy was going through a sort of withdrawal from breaking and entering, and especially killing. Happy slept peacefully that night and was ready to start the day when he woke up. There was a knock on the door, and the preacher was on the other side, ready to go and pick up the food and go to the stockyard to get the tent raised. Already waiting in the field were dozens of downtrodden downtown people, and the preacher was more than happy to back his truck up and began passing out the food boxes. Chapter 11 after eating their breakfast, the preacher took the twelve most able-bodied and began to raise the tent for the night's events. The hard part was stretching the enormous tent out before walking it off in synchronized steps so that it was all went up at the same time. One of the four corners were raised by the preacher and took three of the men walked towards the raised top of the tent. Then they went to the outsides to post the stakes that would hold the tent in place. After getting the tent fully in place, the preacher went back to the rear of his truck and took the platform stands and began to piece them together. A little help here? He asked Happy Boy. Sure, Preach. So, when are we going to hit the houses door to door? Well, that will be tomorrow. Don't worry. You'll have plenty of time to do what you do. Great. You know, just checking. 
So I take it you struck out last night. There's a sense of angst about you this morning. Halfway, no one was home. Well, I guess the Lord was looking out for her, wouldn't you say? I guess you would say I would say that she was gone. Maybe your luck will change tonight. Yeah, preach. I, uh, I have to run into town for a bit. Fencing some jewels, I assume? Yeah, so what? I saw nothing. Just be back in time for tonight's service. We'll start around six. Enjoy your time in town. Yeah, Happy. That's the first thing he said that makes any sense, said Rabbit. I think that it's time for us to leave, Happy. We can still go back. It's not too late. Quiet, tiny clown. We are where we're supposed to be. I can feel it in my bones. We don't belong here. I'm telling you, something is wrong with that guy. I don't want to hear another word about it. We're staying. Happy Boy left the tent and the preacher and began his short walk into the downtown area of town. There he went to the first pawn shop that he could find and sold the jewels for $400 cash. He then walked back onto the street and watched the foot traffic so that he could get a proper read on who was holding and who wasn't. After picking out the perfect man to be his new dealer, Happy Boy approached the man with cash in hand and asked for 200 worth of coke. Are you a cop? The man asked. I don't know you. Why are you talking to me? I've been watching you. Plus, I have been a part of this game for years, and you aren't surprising anyone. Just give me drugs, and I'll give you money. Cash, up front. Then I go inside to get what you want. No deal. Show me the dope, and I'll show you the dope. You are driving a hard bargain. Stay right here, and I will be right back. Happy Boy took a seat on the steps outside of the apartment building and waited for the dealer to come back out. When he did, he had another man with him. The man was much bigger and clearly had been to prison, judging from the muscles and tattoos. Is this the guy? He asked. Yeah, it's him. So what are you looking for? I need $200. Crack. That's an awfully big request from a person that I don't know. Just relax. I'm with the tent revival and I'm new in town. Just give me the drugs and you'll see more of me as long as I'm in town. The revival, huh? See some sort of Jesus freak or something? No, I'm, I'm just along for the ride. So are you running from something? Yeah, you might say that. Easy now, happy boy. He's asking too many questions, said Rabbit. Okay, give it to him. The bigger man said to the street dealer, and he reached into his pocket and pulled out a brown, a brown sandwich bag and handed it over to Happy Boy, who in return handed the bigger man $200 bills. Thanks. Pleasure doing business with you. Mind, mind if I get high here? Happy asked, pointing to the alley beside the apartment building. Be my guest. Looks like you're going to fit right in. Happy smoked until a humming sound buzzed about his head and his vision blurred. He stumbled out into the alley and walked down the street. Midway down, he found a bar called Spanky's, and he went inside to partner his coke buzz with some booze. Johnny Walker read on the rocks, Happy said. Sure thing, boss, replied the bartender. My name's Skippy. What's yours? They call me Happy, Skippy. Happy boy. Pleasure meeting you, Happy boy. Are you new in town? Yeah, I'm with the tent revival down by the stockyard. So are you a preacher? No, no, 
I'm more like a salesman, a Bible salesman. I go door to door and try to sell Bibles. No wonder you drink so early in the day. Skippy and Happy shared stories about each other's lives as Happy kicked back five or six strong drinks and did so until Happy looked up at the clock and noticed that it was five o'clock. Happy paid his tab and stopped by the bathroom to get high again before going to the revival, and when he got back to the tent, he was just in time for it to start. Happy stayed off to the side and watched as the preacher did his magic on stage. He had next to nothing to contribute, so he felt it best just to stay out of the way. The preacher's ability to know what Happy did during the night wasn't the scariest trait that the man had. It was that he had the words to describe him, and that spoke to him that bothered Happy the most. For the one authority in God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants. Agents of wrath to be brought punishment on the wrongdoer. Romans 13.4 And this speaks to you, and whatever sin you might have sinned. But fret not, salvation is still available to you, and it is in the word that you can find eternal life. Who among you is ready to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior? He asked, and a handful of people scurried about. And come on up and enter his kingdom, as I will anoint you with the baptismal waters. The sinners went forth, and the preacher took up his finger bowl of holy water and splashed each of them on the face one by one, and this was supposed to symbolize the baptism when there wasn't a river or a tub available. Now go on with your lives and live them for Jesus. And with that, the preacher ended the sermon and sent the gatherers on their way. About twenty of them stayed behind, though, and took the preacher up on his promise of shelter for the night. All in all, he really was doing good for the community. So what did you think? The preacher asked Happy. Well, it's pretty well done. You even had me going there for a bit. Everyone is open to the Lord's word, even you. So what do you do with the ones that sleep over? We give them a safe place for the night, and then we give them breakfast in the morning. In return, they clean up around here, and they get paid for it. You really do care about these people, don't you, preacher? Of course I do, my son. I love all people. Everyone deserves salvation. Even you. Now get some rest, Happy. Tomorrow you will be helping me in spreading the word door to door. That's enough of his bullshit, Happy. Don't tell me that you're buying into it. Asked Rabbit. Of course not. I'm just here for the door-to-door -door access that I can get on that, uh, that I'll be getting tomorrow. I, I, It'll be easier for me to pick my victims if I could get into their house before nightfall. It's the perfect opportunity. Happy let the preacher go to his small tent first. And then went into his and then went into his a little way a little later on. Before he went in though, he snuck into the woods and got high off cocaine before going into his tent to drink on his chilled bottle of Jaeger. He was preparing for a long night. It was just a quarter after eight, and Happy was intent on wanting to see if the preacher went out on his own before he went into town. The preacher, though, had other plans. He had become quite the expert of operating in absolute silence, and he left his tent around 10 o'clock without Happy being none the wiser. He was wearing his cloak, 
and had been breathing heavily from the ether. <coughs> ether, ever since he finished his sermon and was ready to hit the streets. Seeing that he was new in town, the downtown people had no idea who he was, and the first night was the easiest to find a soul to save. He walked deeply into the alleys and searched for the perfect target when he found a young woman performing fellatio on a man in the darkness. He startled them, and the, wooden stood up, the woman stood up straight. "'Say, what's wrong with you? Are you some sort of pervert or something?' she asked the preacher. "'Not at all, my child. I am here to save you.' The man was busily zipping up his pants and had decided that he was going to make a break for it while the preacher talked to the hooker. Wait a minute, my son, I am here for you, too. The preacher pulled out his six-inch blade from inside the long sleeve and slit his throat as he was passing by. Well, this made the prostitute start to scream, but the preacher stopped that by smothering her with his rag until she fell dead at his feet. Looking down at his two victims, the preacher felt elated that he had just sent two souls to heaven and walked back out of the alley and back to the campsite. Happy had his own plans and left the tent much later and stole his car from the downtown bar. He drove to the outskirts of town where he knew that he would have privacy to do whatever he felt like doing. He parked on the street and cased the neighborhood on foot trying to find the first home that spoke to him. He liked the surprise involved in just picking out a house cold turkey. He was excited to find what was inside. Look at that one, Happy, said Rabbit. Looks good to me. Me too, Happy. There are two Mercedes in that driveway. They must be rich, said Tiny Clown. Happy agreed with them and climbed a tree across the street of the house so that he could see in the windows of the second floor. The shades were open, and Happy could see into them easily. There were two people in bed, and Happy assumed they must be husband and wife. This got him even more excited, thinking about the rush that he was going to get from holding the man hostage while the wife would plead for her husband's life. It was one of the most satisfying parts of his night, this double robbery. They both looked sound asleep. They had left their TV on so Happy could see them clearly, and Happy crossed the street and went about back to find a way in. The house was locked up tight, though, so Happy needed to use a little force to get in, and he looked around the grounds and decided to use one of the bricks from the sidewalk to break the glass of the back door. He wrapped the brick up in his hoodie and smashed the glass out and reached his hand in and unlocked the door. Little to no sound was made, and the sound of Happy's boots crunching on broken glass as he entered the home. He looked around the kitchen and found a kitchen knife in the drawer that he took with him for added effect. Just the sight of this large knife would be enough to scare anyone, and you add that to being in the hands of a masked stranger and Happy had set the perfect setting for the robbery. Plan on using that thing, I hope, asked Tiny Clown. If I need to. It's pretty scary though, right? You got it, Haas. Happy took his time as he walked up the stairs carefully, listening for any noise coming from anywhere on the second floor. He knew the bedroom to be the last door on the right, so he went door to door on the others to see if there were any children sleeping that he would need to know about. There was one office, a spare bedroom that was empty, and there were only two of them home. This made things a lot less messy for Happy, and he went into their room ready for anything. Happy struck first and yanked the man out of bed and held the knife up to his throat so he didn't have time to make any noise before Happy had him in control. His wife woke up and started to scream, but Happy directed her that if she did, he would cut her husband's throat. She frantically obeyed and looked to be in shock. 
Happy took out the handcuffs and cuffed the hands of the husband behind his back and shoved him down on the bed. The wife instinctively took his side to tend to him, and Happy grabbed her by the hair and pulled her close. Give me all that you got. I want gold. I want silver. I want diamonds. I want money. And I want it all. And I want it right now. Happy could feel her shaking because she was so scared and was surprised that she would concentrate on what he was saying, but without him having to ask her twice, emptying her jewelry box onto a table and took all the money out from her purse. No, I want what you have stashed for a rainy day. I know that you have more somewhere. I, I don't know what you mean. Come on, Happy, you know better than that, said Tiny Clown. Yeah, Happy, don't let her lie to you. Happy jerked her husband up from the bed and placed the knife back to his throat and drew blood, which trickled down and onto his white t-shirt. Okay, 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 just don't hurt him. It's in a safe downstairs. I'll, I'll, I'll get it for you. You just let him go. That's not how this works. He comes with us while you get me my money. Now move, Happy commanded. The woman stumbled down the stairs and led Happy and her husband into the living room where she took down a painting, revealing a safe in the wall. A few clicks left, a click right, and the woman had the safe open and a stack of cash in her hand. Put it down on the coffee table. And she obeyed. Sorry, boss, but I don't need you anymore. Happy said as he pulled the blade of the knife across the throat of his hostage. The blood shot out and landed on the woman's nightgown, causing her to take a deep breath of shock and giving Happy just enough time to gag her mouth before she could scream. Oh, I'm not through with you yet. And the thought of bondage began to excite Happy sexually. After taking out a roll of duct tape of the bag, he wrapped up her wrists and wrapped up her mouth before throwing her over the couch so that she was facing her dead husband. Do you think that he would mind watching? Happy asked as he unbuttoned his pants and pulled up her nightgown. The woman fought him as best as she could, but considering how much he had bound her, there really wasn't much that she can do. Happy raped her twice that night before he took out his twenty-two and thankfully shot her in the back of the head. It was a mercy killing, he thought. It was as if the preacher was already wearing off on him. Happy left the house just as quietly as he had entered it and no one was the wiser that he had ever been there and no one probably would for at least a couple of days. By that time, Happy and the Preacher would almost be through with their revival and on to the next unsuspecting town. Chapter 13, and what I think is the final chapter. The Preacher woke up first and drove downtown to pick up the breakfast trays for the homeless that stayed the night after the revival. Happy didn't get in until the early morning hours and was in his tent sleeping off the Jaeger and cocaine buzz. The preacher got back right at eight and everyone was thankful for their meal, so thankful that they eagerly finished and went on to clean up the grounds like they promised. The preacher went back into his tent and packed his box suitcase full of pamphlets, handouts, and Bibles and went over to wake up Happy Boy so they could start their first day together. Good morning, Happy. Are you ready to start the day? Happy was half excited and half hungover, and he couldn't wait to get out of the unbearable heat and inside of the tent, but the morning sun wasn't much cooler. Yeah, preach, just give me a minute and let me sort myself out. 
Sounds good, Happy. I'll be waiting for you by my truck. All right. Happy took a few minutes to get high. He stashed the jewels in his bag and struck the rest of the drugs in his sock. Both he and the preacher were fully aware that he would need a fix about midday. Okay, preacher, let's get going. You're in an awfully chipper mood this morning. Have an eventful night, I assume. Come on now, you know that I did. I only did what I had to do, though. Kind of like you. Like me, you say. How do you figure? Well, after her husband died, she was going to be a lonely widow. I sent them both to heaven where they'll be together forever. Well, that does sound like me. All right, Happy, stop it. You're talking too much, said Tiny Clown. I'm telling you, we have to get away from him, Haas. Just relax. Did you say something, Happy? Asked the preacher. Um, no, no, just thinking out loud. Well, today we'll start Sunday. Today we'll stop downtown and give out these baubles. Then we'll drive into some more of the neighborhoods and see if we could drum up any money. Works for me. Happy and the preacher displayed their Bibles and pamphlets on the top of the suitcase and talked with street people and told them about their ministries, invited them to join them at the revival and told them about the free food and lodgings they were offered to those who wanted it. It seemed to go over well, and the preacher thought that at least 20 of the new faces would take him up on his offer. After that, Happy and the preacher loaded back into the truck and left downtown and parked outside of a real estate development. This is all for you, Happy. This is your show. I will follow you. Happy was nervous about hearing this because he didn't have any idea how to sell a Bible, much less sell God. <coughs> it took Happy a few houses of rejection to get used to the script, but eventually he found the right words that would get his foot in the door. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, might I have a minute of your time to talk to you about the revival that we are having down at the stockyard this week? All of the proceeds are going to feed and shelter the homeless and the needy, and I'm selling the Lord's good word to raise the funds. Can you find it in your heart to help us? And then Happy and the Preacher were in the door. Once inside, Happy let the Preacher do the hard sell. He knew more about the ins and outs of the revival, so Happy took his time to look over the layout of the house just in case he did decide to come back later that night. The routine worked on about half of the houses, five to be exact, and Happy felt as if he had plenty of intel for his late-night shenanigans. So what do you think, Happy? I think that I like this. It beats the bus any day. Thought that you might see it that way. Well, I am exhausted. Going to go back and get a nap before tonight's service. What are you thinking about doing? Probably gonna... Hit up that bar Spanky's and grab some lunch. All right, then. I'll see you tonight. Yeah, see you then. Happy walked off in the direction of the bar and kept his eyes out for the dealer that he had used yesterday. He couldn't find him, so he took some stolen jewelry to the pawn shop and walked out with $600 this time. That, plus the 4000 cash he got, was a good enough nest egg for him to lay low for a while. Happy enjoyed his drinks in the bar and repeatedly looked over his shoulder so as not to miss the man from where he could get his crack. 
and by six o'clock the man never shone, so Happy decided to watch the others in town to see which one gave him the right kind of vibe. For lunch, Happy had a bar roast beef sandwich and chips with a crisp dill pickle. It went perfectly with a glass of Jameson's that he was drinking from. The only thing that was missing was his dealer, and it would be just like he was back at home. Happy had already missed the beginning of the revival, so he decided to stay downtown and meet up with some of the more colorful locals. The streets really began to come to life after 8 o'clock, and the sun had gone down. Then, just about any behavior was accepted and expected. People came in and out of the apartments freely, and Happy knew that they were buying drugs, so he waited outside of one and waited for the dealer to come out. Something I can help you with, boss? The man asked Happy. Yeah, I'm looking to score some crack. How much are you looking for? Well, 200 now and another 200 later. That's a tall order. You got cash? You got dope? I got what you need. Come on in, follow me. Careful, Happy. You don't know this guy, said Rabbit. Happy followed the man up the dark stairwell and into a cheap and run-down apartment. Sitting on the couch was a half-naked woman with a needle sticking out of her arm. I don't mind her, that's just Betsy. We call her Betsy Wetsy on account that she gets so high that she pees herself all and all the time. Come on back, the man said, directing Happy into the back bedroom. On the floor was a dirty mattress and a full ashtray. The dealer went over to his closet and pulled out a book bag where he kept his supply of drugs and some digital scales. They were probably the only thing that was worth any money in the whole place. He weighed out 200 worth of crack and bagged it up for Happy, and Happy Boy was more than eager to pay him the money. Mind if I smoke up here? Happy asked. <laughs> Be my guest. And if you want Betsy, <laughs> she's available for 50 bucks. Thanks, but I think I will pass. Happy smoked his drugs until he became numb and barely knew his name. He had no idea where he was or what he was doing there and he even passed out for a little while beside Betsy. The both came to at the same time and Betsy let Happy down the stairs and out into the alley where he shared his dope with her. In return, she was going to give him head. In his frame of mind, it all made sense. Be careful, Happy. You don't know what you're doing, said Rabbit, but Happy was too high to listen. He stood in the alley with his pants unzipped, and with Betsy sucking on his cock when the alley filled with a long, pointed shadow. Happy could hear the distant and familiar clicks on the heels of a boot, and as they got closer, Happy sobered up enough to hear the words, and may God see you through to heaven. And his nose and mouth filled with the strong stench of ether. He got got. <laughs> so that's the ending. Happy boy dies happy, high as a kite with his dick in Betsy Wetsy's mouth. If he had gone to the revival, Preacher probably wouldn't have fucking killed him. But Preacher knew he was fucking around. Gonna return that child to heaven. Yeah, it's an interesting story. Uh, like I said, not the most amazingly written. And I said that, you know, pretty much like a half hour into it. Um, but still uh, a fun, 
I, I maybe fun's a wrong word since it's about death and rape and murder, but um, let's just say a colorful entry for this season's solo episode um, because I'm used to doing, you know, such like interesting narrative yarns. This one was kind of simple. This one was kind of stereotypical, um, but not uninteresting. Um, just, you know, a, a day in the life of a slice of life for Ramirez or Dahmer or Kemper or anyone who used to get like fucking zoinked out of their minds and, you know, go on like a rape or murder spree, you know, t tons of that serial killer activity is is noted here. His his moving around town. Same thing with the preacher. The preacher felt um, a, a little on the nose, the, the, the whole return to God, you know, murdering thing. Um, I just feel like, you know. I don't know. I feel like he would get caught. It's like, you know, dead bodies still wind up somewhere. I, I don't know. It's hard to tell because they don't really cover any of the security or police force in, in any of the story. It's 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 not terribly contextual. It's not a very open world. We just we just know shitty downtown to shitty downtown and shitty people, shitty walk. I, I think, uh, you know, homeless prostitute pimps downtown, you know, skid row bullshit. It's I don't know. It's 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 tough for no one to like tell stories of like a clan member going around talking about God killing people in alleyways like that just seems like that would travel. Uh, but maybe not. I, I couldn't really gauge what time period this one took place because they don't really mention like they mention corded phones, but they don't really mention anything else. So like, really, this could be this could be the 70s. This could be the 80s. I, I really don't know. Um, but with that in mind, it kind of makes the story more believable. So good for you. Again, not wonderfully well written, but a colorful entry in lots of pasta history. Indeed. Um, I hope y'all are excited about what's coming up. I hope y'all are watching way out on YouTube. Um, it's, it's going to be, uh, a long time coming, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for what I have planned to do for these next, you know, couple episodes, you know, the, the next, next season, you know, I keep saying season. I think a season is like a year's worth of episodes, like 50 episodes. So, you know, we're on like our fifth season you know, episodes 20204 to 250 something, you know, whatever. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be different is, is the first thing I'm going to say. We have some stuff planned that might sound unconventional. Um, and what's more unconventional than me just reading a story about a serial killer, you know, raping by myself in a dark room. Um, but you know, I just did that. So, you know, how much crazier can we really get around here? I'm going to try to test that limit. We're going to have some fun talks where we don't really read too many stories, but we're also going to be stepping into some different shit. Um, I'm really excited about the different shit. And of course, of course, of course, follow our YouTube, join our Reddit. Um, we have a lot of 
cool stuff coming out on the YouTube. I have a bunch of games I've been playing. I haven't just been doing nothing with my free time over the past couple months, but I have good stuff coming to the YouTube stuff. I've been excited to be doing, uh, not just a way out with deputy Dewey, um, but much more. And, and, you know, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep doing more stuff. It's going to keep coming out. Uh, you know, just, just make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube and, you know, listening to the podcast, however you continue listening to the podcast. And of course, I know that we were selling some merch during the break. Always feel free to look in our description, the links below, um, for the merch website. It is on like every detail description I post anywhere on the internet. So if this is copied, uh, correctly everywhere, you should always see the merch link. Always know that you could go over there and buy some cheap stickers, maybe a nice t-shirt. Um, some of the stuff is expensive, but I'm told that the quality is wonderful um, by those who have purchased many stickers and, and clothing apparel. Um, so always give that a look. And uh, I'm, I hope everyone is excited to be back. And, you know, we'll be back in the groove before you can say... Lots of pasta. I wait till the days end when the moon is high. A little rise with the tide with the lust for life. I'll mess with Romeo, I'll run into horn. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore. I'll wait till days end when the moon is high. And then I'll rise with the tide with the lust for life. I'll mess with Romeo, I'll run into horn. And then we'll look across the land until we stand at the shore.